Greetings, citizens, and welcome to Unknown. Jason McClellan. I'm here with Shane Hurd. Thanks for hanging out with us. If you follow UFO-related news, or if you follow any of us on social media, you most likely heard that UFO legend Stan Friedman recently passed away. We'll be talking about that today and the legacy created by Stan Friedman. But first, let's talk about some other UFO stories making headlines. On May 22nd, the New York Post published a story titled, The Pentagon Finally Admits It Investigates UFOs. Of course, this is in relation to the Pentagon's reportedly now defunct program known as the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program, or ATIP, that was alluded to by the program's former head back in October of 2017 and named by the New York Times in December of that same year. In this new article by the New York Post, a Pentagon spokesperson confirms that ATIP did look into UFOs, which has been a contested element of the program to this point. The Pentagon spokesperson also confirmed that ATIP was shut down in 2012, as previously reported, but it still investigates reported sightings. Now, Shane, this is an interesting story because we get information from a Pentagon spokesperson. However, in relation to this very same news, this very same program, ATIP, we've heard from more than one Pentagon spokespersons in the past, and we received different information. So what do you make of that? Mm. Well, uh, I certainly kind of get the uh, impression that there may be some left hand, right hand, uh, <laughs> you know, doesn't know what the other one's doing kind of a thing. Well, you and I have both worked in government, uh, yes. you know, certainly at the local level, it's it's different, but the same, right? I mean, yeah, silos are silos, right? That's exactly right. <laughs> so, yeah, that's probably, you know, part of it or, you know, it could be something else. But, I mean, just, you know, face value uh, you know, I'm sure these these government agencies are scrambling to catch up with all this and, you know, make sure to, you know, carefully put their foot forward in a way that, you know, keeps them out of trouble. Yet, you know, they're responsive to all this new information coming out. Yeah, I agree with you. But I, I do think it's an important thing to to bring up and to keep reminding uh, researchers who are following this story. It's certainly something that that I feel that we all need to keep in mind. You know, you need to keep track of these things and not necessarily promoting conspiracies or anything. But we do need to understand that there have been multiple spokespeople from the Pentagon who have not only denied this program ever existed, but also denied that it had anything to do with UFOs. Now we're hearing that it does have to do with or did at least look into UFOs. These are things that we need to keep in mind following this whole story, which will continue to progress. And certainly, I think, in an accelerated pace now that, uh, you know, we've got all these people looking into it. Um, but it is important and to not just latch on to the narrative that fits your your desires or the, the narrative yeah. you want to exist, right? So we don't just blindly accept 
the the spokesperson who says UFOs and dismiss the previous spokespeople who said not UFOs. So yeah. it's important to to keep that in mind during this this research process and and tracking uh, all the information that's coming out with this program. Yeah, and probably the pressure from the UFO commu- community and media, you know, may have something to do with them you know, finally making this admission, who knows, you know, so, I mean, healthy skepticism is certainly important and appropriate in this case. And yeah, take everything with a grain of salt, good or bad, whether you agree with it, disagree with it, uh, because the truth is probably somewhere in the middle. Absolutely. And again, something I want to point out too, that, you know, as a journalist, the way these things come about isn't necessarily based on public pressure or anything. It most of the time comes down to journalists who yeah. are sending requests and putting pressure on the Pentagon to to issue a statement about something. And that's what we've seen, you know, certainly in the past several months with these these articles coming out from from mainstream media. It's just individual journalists reaching out to the Pentagon to get uh, uh, an official response. And that's what we've seen. So, yeah, good point. So another bit of UF news I want to briefly mention today is the announcement that a new UFO show is coming to the Travel Channel titled Alien Highway. Now, when I first read that title, one person came to my mind, and that was paranormal investigator Chuck Zukowski. And sure enough, this new series stars Chuck and his son Daniel and veteran paranormal researcher Heather Taddy from the A&E series Paranormal State. So, Shane, did you read the release on this show? Yeah, I saw that, and that's uh, pretty fascinating that, uh, again, we're we're getting just more UFO content. Absolutely love it. Yeah, no, I'm loving it, too. This is going to be on Travel Channel, and they've uh, said that the first first episode is going to deal with one of our favorite subjects, and that's Skinwalker. Yeah, yeah. So, and and it uh, mentioned, yeah, Chuck's uh, theory that uh, perhaps a Skinwalker could be tied to extraterrestrials. So, that'll be fun to watch. The series premieres on June 12th, again, on the Travel Channel. We're looking forward to that one. Awesome. We want to spend a little time now remembering UFO research pioneer Stanton Friedman. Friedman was a nuclear physicist who left his career behind in 1970 to focus full-time on UFO research. What caused this scientist to deviate from his area of specific focus? His obituary in the New York Times explains that Stan's interest in UFOs began when he read Captain Ed Ruppelt's book, The Report on Unidentified Flying Objects. Ruppelt was the officer who headed the Air Force's UFO program, Project Blue Book, at one time. Friedman's obituary goes on to state that he became a true believer after reading the statistic from Project Blue Book that, of all the sightings investigated by the project, 701 were categorized as unknowns, which, by absolutely no coincidence, is the name of this show. (laughs) Stan was one of the early civilian investigators of the 1947 Roswell UFO incident, and it's his research, published in the 1992 book he co-authored with Don Berliner, titled Crash at Corona, the U.S. Military Retrieval and Cover-Up of a UFO that is primarily responsible for reintroducing the public to the largely forgotten Roswell incident and making Roswell a household name. Stan was a fixture at UFO-related events across the country and around the world. 
He was an author of several UFO books. He lectured constantly, and he loved exploring the great mystery of UFOs. It's a quest to which he devoted his life. And although this may seem shocking to some, like many, if not most, UFO researchers, Stan never saw a UFO. And that's kind of sad, Shane. I feel so bad for him. I wish he would have been able to have that moment where he finally got to see a UFO or the term Stan preferred flying saucer. Stan was a proponent of the term flying saucer. Yeah, absolutely. And who knows now, maybe he now knows the truth of it. So maybe he didn't get to see him uh, when he was alive, but maybe he knows something now, you know? Absolutely, man. That's my hope, too. That's what we always hope. So, Shane, I mean, Stan was was around a lot, and certainly at uh, UFO events, even if he wasn't speaking, he had a presence there. You know, he'd always see the legendary Stan Friedman sitting at his table and always warm and, and inviting, welcoming uh people attendees to the, at these events to come up and and chat with him he was very approachable and and he loved that and despite his retiring more than a year ago uh he was still at you know pretty much every event and i i think he loved it but uh do you have a, a favorite memory of stanton friedman oh yeah definitely i mean you know, so many people over the last uh, few days have, have been able to really say some great things and share some great memories of Stan. And and I, I suppose mine are very similar to everyone else's. And when I first started getting serious about UFOs in about 2010, you know, the first thing I looked for was credibility, you know, and and uh, there were a couple of people that stood out. Uh, of course, uh, Richard Dolan and Leslie Kane at the time, and certainly, most certainly, Stan Friedman. And, you know, having those sort of anchors of credibility, you know, kept me going forward in this and my my study and research. And, and I mean, I, I do really credit him with some of the just the powerful logic and the way he communicated it. For example, you know, I, I almost say it's sort of like a shtick with him. He, but he was just, he was absolutely brilliant of how he would communicate things. So like, you know, the, um, you know, when he would talk about debunkers and stuff and, and, you know, he, he, he would say the same four points, you know, um, you know, he'd say, they would say, you know, don't bother me with the facts. My mind is made up. And then, you know, what the public doesn't know, I won't tell them. And then argue your position by proclamation and then finally, if you can't attack the data, attack the person. Right. I mean, those are just brilliant and nearly irrefutable points that he would make and he would drive home and he would say it every time. But, you know, that's what was so brilliant about it. It was simple and straightforward. Yet he's a nuclear physicist, right? He could talk probably above any of us. But no, he, he would make his points just clear and concise. And then, you know, it'd be in that semi-grandfatherly, semi-nuclear physicist way. I mean, it's just really hard to express. But, you know, that's those are some of the things that really made a big impression on me, you know, in the early time, but before I'd even met him. And then meeting him was just, you know, an absolute pleasure. The guy was a, a sweetheart of a person. Which just really, you know, just made it great. He he just became a great icon immediately in my mind. 
Yeah. And you know, some, another thing that he would constantly state in his presentations is something that's extremely relevant today, right? He would constantly encourage us to, to avoid the noisy negativists. Oh, I always yeah. love to hear him talk about the noisy negativists. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, with cer- certainly with social media today, that that's something we all live with and something that, that, uh, infiltrates the world of, of UFO research and we all deal with on a daily basis. So the noisy yeah. negativist always reminds me of Stanton Friedman. Oh yeah, me too. That's just classic <laughs> Stan or, or the other one. I love this line, but it's just so brilliant. Again, he said, he would say, you know, 90% of, uh, you know, UFOs are, are, you know, identifiable. Mm-hmm. It's, but I don't care about those. I just care about the real ones. I mean, again, it's just so brilliant. Yeah. Okay. You want to whine and complain and focus on the 90, whatever percent. Um, okay, go ahead. But you know, the real stuff, that's what I'm really interested in. I don't care about the noise, you know, let's, let's get to the good stuff. And, and again, just a brilliant point expressed in a brilliant way. And, uh, you know, it's just that kind of logic that really kept me moving forward. Yeah, he was really good at that. Um, I have so many memories of, of Stan and, you know, he became a good friend over the years. And it was just a, you know, always such a a warm, good, comforting feeling like you experience a lot. You know, when you go to these UFO related events, it becomes, yeah. again, sort of like a, a reunion. You start seeing the same people and, and you know, you, you, you make friends with these people over the years, mm-hmm. you develop these relationships. So anytime you go to one of these events, you see some of these people, it's, it's a really, really fun time that way. And it was always great to go to an event and see Stan. And he was usually with, with his good friend and co-author Kathleen Martin. So you'd see them mm-hmm. two together and it was just, you know, just something you could always, always count on seeing. And it was always comforting seeing that. One of my earliest memories of Stan, uh, was probably at the, I think it was at the, the international UFO Congress when it was still in Laughlin. And it was probably the year that, uh, we at open minds had acquired the conference. And so we were oh. there, um, for one last year in Laughlin and we were doing, I think we were doing these daily recaps or, or live streaming or doing some sort of production where we were going around and sort of recapping the day's events and talking to people there and stuff. Stan was certainly one of the first interviews that, uh, Maureen and I ever did, you know, in our, our UFO career, um, you know, how can you go wrong with that starting with yeah, one of the how best, cool right? That? I mean, yeah. you can only go down from there. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, that certainly was a, was a great kickstart to, to our career. But, but my, my probably favorite memory, just because it's, it's one of the most recent and just kind of bizarre random things. Um, I came across these cigars several years ago that are created by a cigar company called Illusione. And they are very, the, the individual behind the company is very much into UFOs and conspiracy theories and all sorts of strange stuff. And so the, the lines of cigars he puts out are in that vein. And one of the lines of cigars that he has are called MJ-12. Oh, awesome. <laughs> and if you get a box of these cigars, they're covered in Illuminati uh, symbols and, they, you know, they say MJ-12 on them. That's, it's very cool. And yeah, so yeah. I, I had to get a box of these and I had to show them to Stan Friedman because Stan oh, Friedman cool. certainly has spoken 
very much about MJ12. And so one year um, at uh, probably the International UFO Congress, I pulled the, this box of MJ12 cigars out of my bag and, and went up to Stan and showed him these cigars. And the look on his face was just priceless. He was like <laughs> a, just this happy little boy. And he saw, where did you get these? It was it was exactly everything I was hoping it would be and more just to see his reaction. It's great. Oh, cool. I, I took some photos of, of Stan holding this, this box of MJ 12 <laughs> cigars and, oh, man. and, uh, you know, I certainly invited him to join us to smoke some MJ 12 cigars later that night, but this is shortly <laughs> after his heart attack. And he's all, yeah, my doctor wouldn't be too happy if I did. <laughs> say, well, no, that makes I think sense. Not. So, but it was great to be able to show Stan some MJ 12 cigars. Oh man, that'd be a picture to have and blow that thing up and frame it. I mean, that, that's just, I mean, that's as one of a kind, as unique as you get. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, that, that was, was certainly priceless. And, uh, yeah, so, so many memories of Stan at so many different events over the years. Certainly, you know, it's going to be weird at the Roswell, uh, you know, UFO festival without Stan, right? I mean, he's always yeah. there. He's always the, uh, he'd always be in the lead car at the parade they have at the Roswell UFO festival. And yeah. So classic. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, Stan is to me and certainly it should be to everybody else is like synonymous with Roswell, right? I mean, Stan oh, and Roswell go hand in hand. Yep. So, I mean, yeah. it was an honor knowing Stan and I mean, his legacy is going to live forever. Yeah, I, I am so grateful to have had that that um, you know period of time in my life where he he was you know around and had met him and and um, <clears throat> you know it's kind of part of it too. I, I mean, I used to think to myself, you know, it's going to be a sad day when he's gone because yeah. you know obviously he was up in age and stuff and and you know ufology has changed a bit, but you know some of these old guard, which I would consider him definitely you know, going away is, is just, it's almost kind of a little scary or a little, you know, destabilizing in my mind, you know, what's going to happen now in the future and stuff. But, but, you know, we'll be okay. And, you know, everything he, he has done is well recorded and, you know, available for everyone and just be a matter of, you know, keeping, keeping him alive in our minds and his work, um, alive in our minds. And it, you know, it's, it's been critical to ufology and, you know, what he has done for it is, you know, you, it's just priceless. I'd be curious to see what, if anything, the city of Roswell does. Oh, yeah. You know, to commemorate Stan. I mean, I, I and again, this is private. This has nothing to do with the city. But, you know, it'd be amazing if the UFO Museum were to rename themselves the Stan Friedman International UFO Museum and Research Center. That would be kind of awesome. Yeah, I, I absolutely think something like that will happen. I mean, as as much as Roswell, the city has embraced that whole thing. And, you know, he's certainly the father of it. I mean, there, there's no doubt. I, I'm certain there's going to be some form of commemoration of, of Stan there in Roswell. Change Main so Street. Awesome. Main Street needs to be Stan Friedman yeah. Boulevard yeah, or whatever. Exactly. That'd be awesome. Yeah. That would be. Yeah, big thanks to Stan for everything you contributed to ufology. You sort of established ufology and gave it credibility, being this scientist studying UFOs. Kind of awesome. We love you, Stan. Yeah, courageous man. 
Well, citizens, as we wrap up this episode, I invite you to come join us in the Rogue Planet Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Rogue Planet and share a favorite Stanton Friedman memory or anything else UFO related that's on your mind. Make sure to join us on the next episode. We'll be reviewing the premiere episode of the new history series, Unidentified. Unidentified premieres on May 31st. Check your listings for local broadcast times. And AlienCon LA is right around the corner. Ryan Sprague and I will be speaking at AlienCon, which takes place June 21st through June 23rd at the Los Angeles Convention Center in Los Angeles, California. We'll talk more about this great event on the next episode. But for now, you can check out thealiencon.com for all the details. And if you haven't grabbed your tickets yet, use the code UNKNOWN to receive 10% off your purchase. You can find more episodes of Unknown on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, iHeartRadio, and even YouTube. Subscribe on your favorite podcast provider so you're notified when we publish new episodes. And if you haven't done it already, do us a big favor and take a minute to rate and review Unknown on your favorite podcast platform. You can always find the show at RoguePlanet.tv because Unknown is a Rogue Planet production. RoguePlanet.tv is your home for all the strange. Big thanks to our talented friend and fellow Rogue Planeteer, Caleb Hanks, for the show's intro and outro music. Check out all his work at TheClerkChronicles.com. Thanks again for hanging out with us today. I'm Jason McClellan. And I'm Shane Hurd. Do us a favor, friends. Always treat the UFO subject with the cautious and responsible skepticism it deserves. Question everything. Have the courage to form your own opinions. Keep truth as the focus of your quest, even if the truth conflicts with your own opinions. And, of course, stay strange. <laughs> <laughs>